Welcome back to Dom Day Tales, the official podcast of Dom Day. This is episode six, and boy, do we have a big one lined up for you. I'm Justin, and as always, we have Dizzy Patterson producing the show. We're joined once again by my co-hosts, the Kings of Kokanee, the Barons of Banquet, Babe, Cote, and Donnie. How are you guys today, gentlemen? Wonderful, Justin. Just wonderful. Beautiful, awesome. Justin. Weather's finally starting to turn here in Southern Ontario, about effing time. Perfect. So guys, as you know, we've been reaching out to our fans, which we have millions of fans based on the numbers of views we are getting on uh, Spotify. And we have received one that I want to address uh, from one of our, probably one of our biggest fans. Um, and the message was received from Senior Coates. And uh, I think one of the guys on here has a special relation to this guy, but he did want us to talk about one of his favorite memories, which we did, uh, Dick Delmer's party. But he did give us some critical feedback that I'd be interested in you guys addressing. Oh, the, fantastic. That's the final, fun. yeah, the final yeah. line that he said is, these guys really need to amp up the rhetoric. It's like listening to them at a nursing home. More booze might be the answer. Do you guys have uh, any thoughts on that? You know, I do, Justin, because uh, I believe it was Senior who tried to check into a senior's home after having a few drinks at a, a stag. Cote, you remember that? Yeah, and I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to think of one. It was one of those silly stags when we were probably in our late twenties, and uh, how we ended up, up. Well, he uh, he left this stag and went tried to check into the senior's residence just on Albion Road next to Alan Eagleson's office there at the top end of Islington. When you turn left, it was right there. And he slightly beyond inebriated, went up to the, the nurse at the desk, put his credit card down to the young fine lady and said, I'd like a room. <laughs> and the, uh, the, la the lady said, sir, this is not a hotel. And God only knows where he went from there. I think he actually fell into the ravine that night down in that area. Cause if I'm, Correct, and Wendy would probably attest he did show up covered in mud eventually. Probably found Wendy Jim down there. <laughs> Same routine. So, guys, Dom Dares. So, guys, I will say, you know, coming from a guy who I think was once referred to in the program as a drunken mal maladrot, we will take that uh, that feedback to heart. He's somebody who knows what he's talking about. So I have spoken to Dizzy, and Dizzy has secured us another guest who we believe will amp up the rhetoric, who knows a thing about booze. Here he is, guys. Help me welcome our next guest. He is one of Dom Day's most powerful piss tanks. He is the winner of seven, seven Dom Day championships and is the only guy in Dom Day history to win a silver brick, Mup Cup, and the Worst Athlete Award. Despite all of this, I'm told he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Please welcome the guy whose license says it's Steve Monroe, but you guys know him as Mike Minow. Welcome to our show, Mike Mono. Boys, how are you? Thanks for the invite. And I got a big, a big, uh, big bottle of, of rye next to me, and I got a couple of cokes, so it should be a fun hour or so. What a shocker! Yeah. <laughs> Ready to let her rip, Donnie. I love it, man. I love it. Uh. All righty, guys. So we're going to start off with the basics, Mino. Why don't you tell us when your first Dom Day was? Was it Dom Day one, or when did you join the tournament? No, I didn't play Dom Day One, and I can't remember why. I think I think I was working at uh, the Dominion stores on Kipling, and my first introduction to the to the boys was I was a TCI guy, so I was buddies with Woodsy and Cote and Lester and Roscoe and Sleepy Copeland and those guys. And my first and and Babe as well. Babe, Babe was a TCI guy. My first introduction was LeBear. 
Uh, and oh, I think yeah. it was the Christmas of 79. And they're describing this crazy day. It was boxing day and you bring a glove and some guys bring lacrosse sticks and whatever. And just bring, just make sure you bring some rye with you for the after after party. So, so that's what we did. We went to TCI field and, and uh, it was freezing cold out. And I remember Donnie and, and a pair of track pants with frills on it and, tomahawks or something and lil was there and jed and it was just one of those great afternoons and then we had those those uh what was a canadian club was a canadian club or was a crown royal in the purple bags so we tucked away a couple of those in the parking lot after and and uh so that was my first introduction to dom day and then the next spring um we'd play ball on Tuesday nights or Thursday nights or something like that. I remember playing over at Rexdale Park or wherever we parked, wherever we played. It's full of shit. And then, and then that was the first year I played. I remember uh, you guys were talking about on one of your podcasts, the, uh, the uniforms and I was on Al's team. So we had these cheesy looking orange uniforms with these dog patches on it. And it was like a, a Newfoundland wolfhound that was that was patched onto the to the right over the right breast and it was now now they're peach i still have these things and now they're they've kind of faded in their peach color so that was my my first dom day and uh yeah so that's how i i got into the tourney and and never looked back from there so the funny thing is i remember uh cote said on some of our earlier podcasts that early days there wasn't a ton of booze and Minnow pretty much just said that he showed up with a bottle of rye, some Crown Royal, which seems to link up with around the time that Cote said starting that we started to drink. So I guess to the other guys on the phone, Cote, Donnie, Babe, was Minnow a bad influence? Was he the guy who brought the booze to the tournament? That wasn't much booze for Minnow. So, you know. Yeah, that was an appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> But and, you're that, right. and that was and that was LeBear. And the reason we brought rye, because as Minnow indicated, it was bloody freezing cold. And so that was part of the reason. So but uh, but he yeah. may have kicked us over the edge now that I think about it, because we were social drinkers at that point until men came on board. And well, then- I remember one of the rules was that all the rookies had to bring. I think it was a two for a Coors Light. Yeah. 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 So this is like middle of May or or around Victoria day, there was these tryouts, right? And I didn't really know what to expect, um, but I definitely wanted to bring a, a square of Coors Light. And there was about six guys that, that brought a two, four, right? So they got all these two, fours stacked up behind home plate and we're, and it wasn't much of a tryout. I mean, basically anybody who kind of showed up was, was, uh, was anointed as a, as a, as a Dom dare. And, I don't ever remember there not being a lot of booze at Dom Day, though. I mean, right from right from the get go, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of guys having a good time. Let's put it that way. Because of you, yeah. I, don't well, I, I you know it, we always talk about like the the rookie day, which started your first year, man. So you were at the very first ever rookie day, right? And because yeah. guys were saying, I remember like in the spring or maybe even over the winter, you know, I got my buddy, I want to. And, you know, he wants to play and he wants to play and whatever. And we're trying to figure out, well, how are we going to get the, get these guys in? And I remember we were saying, well, let's have this rookie day. 
and we'll we'll do the entry fee, which is a a, a two four a Coors Light, and then you know their baseball skills really had nothing to do with it. It was whether or not we liked the guy, you know. So I mean, <laughs> it's just like I don't even remember who came out, uh, you know. But uh, there were guys that came out that you know I don't know if you guys remember, but I brought a guy up from Maryland one year. Do you remember that? His name was Mark. I'm trying to remember his last name and uh, real tall, close friend, tall, lanky guy was not a close friend and, uh, and uh, a bit of a dick. And uh, when he came up, he showed his true colors. And uh, so uh, we didn't take him. <laughs> <You know, so, laughs> we turfed him. Yeah. But that, that was, there was no, you know, we weren't, we weren't looking for the best ball players. I mean, we, we were at that point, we were looking for the best Dom day can't kind of people. Right. So, that's, well, that was that's, pretty obvious because I got in. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was more culture, Donnie, than yeah. And skill. Yeah. 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 Skill never a factor. So but uh yeah, men men got in. I don't I don't know who else was in that rookie class. Do we know that, Just Justin? Did we know I don't have I don't have the list of, of who would have been in the rookie class, unfortunately, that year. Yeah. Like did yeah. Jonesy come in when you did? Was that what we were talking about? or were they the following year? I think they were a little a year or two after. Yeah. Well, Chevy, Chevy would have been in that. In yeah, Chevy class. would have been in my in my class, and yeah. probably I don't know what about Brian Mitchell. I think he might may have been later, later, no, later, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was which Dom Day again? This was Dom two. Day. Dom Day two. two or three men. Two. So, so my dad was also a rookie in Dom oh, Day two. Oh, yeah, Ross I think. Size. Yeah, I think yeah. it might have been Dom Day three with the when you, Al had those dog things. It was, that could have been. I don't. I don't yeah. know. It's hard to remember that. Yeah. That many years. I think he recycled from the year before. <laughs> so, Mino, my next question, I guess, for you is: um, so you enter this tournament, and and they say the you know the the sign of a good nickname is is a guy who you you barely remember his his real name, and I'm sure there are a bunch of people who don't know that your name is actually Steve at the field. And and one of the funniest things I've ever heard was when I was talking to your son, Billy, who's apparently his first name's Danny. Um, he told me that you used to receive checks addressed to a guy by the name of Mike Minow uh, when you were collecting money for Dom Day. So one of the questions, I guess, that I have to ask is, where did the nickname Mike Minow come from? Well, they came in separate parts. Um, Donnie will have to tell you where Mike came from, because I think he he came up with that. But I was just minnow for a while. Um, and I'm not 100% sure. I think it was just sort of a derivative of my last name. And there was, everybody had a nickname. Like every guy out there, you didn't know half the real names. It was, it was a nickname involved. So, so somehow, and I don't know exactly who, who coined it, but I got the name minnow or min. And then a number, of years, a number of years later, it was Donnie that, that gave me Mike. And that really confused a lot of people because I think most people would have understood Minnow was a nickname, but when you added Mike to it, it sounded like it could be somebody's name. And, and I remember the one time I, it was later on, it was in the nineties. I go to the bank, you know, back in the day, everything was low tech, right? So, you know, you had checks. So, so I was responsible for the finances. I, I, this one time I didn't really look at the checks. So I go to the bank I go up to the teller and I've got about 14 checks and she's going through them. And she says, who's Mike Minow? <laughs> and I look at it and I said, what 
the fuck? Like, how can anybody be so fucking stupid <laughs> to issue a check with Mike Minow on? And then there was another one with just Minow. Anyway, so, so that adding the first name, Mike, you, you got to ask Donnie about that. I'm not exactly sure that, where that came from. Well, I, I, I think, I don't know. I think it might've been in, in just one of those letters, like we talked about on the last, uh, last, one of the last shows was we had these letters going back and forth and, and it was probably just some, some, uh, some creation, some night or just, you know, Mike Minow. And, and I, so the couple of favorite stories I have on that is one was, uh, Wally. I remember Wally one time, um, and I'm not sure. I think you you might have drafted him in. Did he ever play for you with the Slammers? I think, I think so. Yeah. In '94, yeah, 94. yeah. So I, I think it might have been that year. When, and and I guess you know back then we had to call the guys and tell them that they were they were on the team. So I think you called Wally at his office and and said, you know, can I speak to Dane, please? And and the secretary said, well, who is it? It's Mike Minow. And so they patched, you know, patched through and said, uh, Dane, uh, Mike Minow's on the phone. He's like, who the fuck is Mike Minow? <laughs> so I, she went back and said, well, you know, I'm sorry, you know, uh, Dane doesn't know. And he said, well, tell him Steve Monroe. And he was like, Steve Monroe? Who the fuck is Steve Monroe? <laughs> so it was, just, it was just a classic, right? And then. The, the funniest thing, and the other two was my wife, Lisa. I remember back, you know, and, and when she first met you and stuff. And 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 then there's something came up, you know, back uh, after the tournament back at home when I'm talking about Mike Minow and, and then talking about Steve Monroe. And she's like, who's Steve Monroe? <laughs> all, she, all she knew you was Mike Minow, right? So, and I'm sure there's, I'm sure that happened like tons of times, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Man, do you remember the guy, the other Steve Monroe? Yeah. At, yeah. At, so in grade nine at TCI, there's two Steve Monroes. And the other Steve Monroe made Minnow look like an angel. He was a bad act. Yeah. 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 And I think always, that's. Yeah. He was always down in the principal's office and, and, uh, and then some of the teachers would get it mixed up. Right. And I got a bad rap because of this friggin' degenerate. <laughs> Only because of this degenerate? Only because of this degenerate. Yeah. All right. Let the, let the record reflect. <laughs> so so Minnow, my my next question for you. You've been you've been around obviously for for a long time. Forty two years of history. You've, you've played since Dom Day, uh, Dom Day two. Um, if you were to look kind of the history, and it doesn't have to be anything that might be significant in the the eyes of everybody, but what is a memory that you look back on when you think about Dom Day? That just means something special to you. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, like you said, when you go back 42 years, like there was so, so many things that have happened in 42 years that it, there's, it's hard to kind of capture one single moment. But I think probably, you know, for the first 25 years or so, we didn't have like a ton of direction in terms of where the turn was going to go next. It was just kind of year to year to year and, and, it, it was what it was, right? We had a great time. We had a party every year and we were all friends. You know, we all became very, very good friends over 25 years. And I think we got to a point where we started to ask ourselves, and Pete was very good at this. He, he would always say, where do you see this tournament in 10 years? Where do you see it in 15 years? And we started to think about that as we hit, you know, maybe Dom Day 30, we were probably, you know, late 40s, 50 years old. And we kind of thought, you know, we better start 
getting the second generation involved. Like there was some of the, the guys like yourself, Justin, and, and, you know, Dewey had played and, and I think Dizzy, maybe you, you were part of the tournament. So I think it was, was getting that second generation engaged and getting them involved and, and getting them to kind of take over the tournament because that ultimately was the vision. So, you know, I think maybe the first Dom day my son, Danny played, and it was around 2010 to sort of, you know, solidify the fact that this tournament that we had worked really, really hard at developing and creating over 25, 30 years was going to be sustainable, that it would actually live for, for, you know, beyond us. Right. So I think that probably has been the most satisfying achievement that Dom day, other than, you know, a lot of the good charity work we've done, which I think we'll talk about at some point, but other than that, I think that's, that's been our biggest success. Yeah, that's got to be, I mean, that's got to be pretty cool, especially when we talk to a, a lot of the guys, you know, like you said, Danny, Danny, now a big part of the tournament, definitely involved with it, with organizing um, Sammy as well, huge role when it comes to, you know, selling tickets, don't want to undersell what the girls have done, but, you know, as a, a second generation guy, you know, one of the things I've always kind of, kind of thought to be, to be interesting is that nobody kind of forced us, you know, to be friends or to take over this tournament yet somehow here we are Dom day 43, hopefully happening in, in labor day. Uh, on Labor Day, texting each other, counting down the days with that childlike enthusiasm, you know, whether you were, uh, you know, one of the guys playing or one of the girls on the sideline. Um, and I think, you know, in a, in a lot of respects, it's, it's due to guys like yourself and many of the others on the phone and, and not on the phone um, for why we're, we're, we're in that position. And, and like we said in the first episode, hopefully we're passing it on to a third generation um, at one point as well. So I think that's a, a great uh, great thing to kind of hang your cap on there, man. The one thing though, I did notice, and I was, you know, kind of surprised as somebody, you know, who's, who's coached a Dom Day championship team. I know a few of the other guys have coached Dom Day championship teams that you haven't really mentioned the Alabama slammers. Um, so the, the first question I have been is when was the first year of the slammers? Well, the first year, uh, was 1985, and um, it was an interesting because people have asked me over the years, like, like, where did Slammers come from? Like, how did you kind of land on that name? And it was it was interesting because a couple of years before that, we had put together a summer hockey team with some of the boys. Right. Cote would have been on the team. It was mainly TCI guys, Sleepy, Annan, probably senior Cote, Hawk, Westy was in the pipes. And we had a couple of guys that weren't hockey players that we wanted to include on the team somehow. So there was Howie. Uh, so we got Howie to work the latch. We had Lester, who didn't know anything about hockey. So he became our coach. And then Johnny Crouchman, the late Johnny Crouchman, who uh, wanted to be involved. He was our trainer. So we were playing one night over at Westwood Arena. And we had these, you know, those green Gatorade water bottles. Right. So you couldn't see through them. And we, we grabbed the water. I grabbed the thing and I'm starting to drink it. And it's there's booze in there. <laughs> right. And we're on the bench playing hockey, like, you know, Doctor. middle of the first period going, what the hell is this? And Crouchman's giggling behind the bench. And he'd made Alabama Slammers. Like there was actually a drink back in the day called Alabama Slammers. It was this red juice and, and whatever was in it. There was some rum and it was pretty potent stuff. So 
so I kind of stole it, right? I thought, you know, that would that would be a good name for a team. Like Slammers had a bit of a baseball connotation to it as well. So that's kind of how, how the the term Slammers, the the, the 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 team name Slammers, came to be. One thing about that hockey team that was always a classic, and we were lousy. We we stunk. Westy get barraged in goal, but it was it was funny because. As I don't know what year that was, Minnow. I, I think we were probably early 20s. But um, from a hockey perspective, that was when Cooperalls were out, when it was a one piece, like a more like a pant that you wore for your bottom half. And Steve Annan, the astute athlete that he is, showed up with a pair of those. And just every week watching him attempt to get those on with a shoehorn was just as good a comedy act as could be. He needed many Alabama slammers. He needed, he needed a triple XL and I think Carol bought him a medium. And it was just unbelievable watching this guy get wedged into these babies every Thursday night. It was, it was, it was okay getting back out again because he was sweaty. He kind of slid out of them, but him getting wedged into those Cooperalls, man, it was a sight. So was, was that was that team going on at the same time as the ten men team in the winter? Like we had that we had that team member with the purple jerseys in the winter. I think we just I think the summer. I think we were just a summer hockey. Okay, league. we were we would have been in like the D division. I think of the Westwood Summer Hockey League. We were not. Right. So we're you didn't invite all the good guys. No, to play. We didn't have any good guys. Oh, I remember Pete Delmazzi sitting on that purple team with his leg crossed and that mouth guard hooked I to know. a string off his mask. Yeah, I he know. was a really good player. I, I never, I've never ever seen that again, Coach. <laughs> what? Somebody sit with their legs crossed yeah, in, in the, the locker room. room. <laughs> Whenever he get dressed, he'd be fully dressed and he'd, he'd be twenty minutes ahead of everybody else. So he'd be sitting there and he had his legs crossed, one leg over the other. All right, and he had his full gear on. And that troll mouth guard of his hanging out of oh. his—it was the classic, right? <laughs> that was good. Oh, yeah, oh, never yeah. forget that. But we <laughs> and that Alabama Slammers hockey team—we we would leave. Uh, I think we were Meadowvale Rinks there, right? You know, uh, yeah, that was where, it, Meadowvale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meadowvale Rinks, and a few of the times we left there, there were some interesting activities that took place after that probably shouldn't have. But uh, it was it was silly at best. And Alabama Slammers, as you said, Minnow, that was the that was the uh, culprit every every Thursday. Yeah. So, how was that first that first Slammers uh, Dom Day team? Were they- we had actually a pretty good team. Again, like you got to go back in the day and remember when we drafted, we didn't have a graded draft, right? And, and I was not a top player by any stretch, so I really had to be careful. Oh, really? No, no, man, man, come on, don't sell yourself don't sell short. short so. So I drafted, uh, and I can't remember whether it was his first year, whether he was a rookie that year or it was a rookie year, a year before. It was a guy by the name of Kenny Norris. Moon God. And, uh, sun, sun God, wasn't he? Sun God. Yeah, sun I, God. I remember he, he came out to, uh, it was a friend of Al's, remember? He was a friend of, friend of Al McRae's, and he came out to the rookie day. And this guy, he was just pounding the ball. Like he was, like he was like a, a Mike Woods of modern day hitting the ball and knocking him off the portable out there in left field. So I got him um, and I got Brian Mitchell, Mitch as my shortstop and uh, Billy Pino. So we had a pretty good team. We made it to the, to the final. Um, and then we lost to, uh, we lost to Woodsy's team. We lost to the rebels in the final. So it was a good start. 
Man, didn't uh, the sun god have that sort of Gino v- Vanelli hair? Yeah. Didn't he have the hair? Yeah, like he did. The, yeah. The locks coming down. Yeah. Kind of had a kind of had a Rock Hudson look to him. Yeah. You know, he played. He, for he was a good what, ball player. Eight, eight, he, eight or ten years. Would he have played? Did you yeah. Have Donnie? Yeah. yeah. He was a good guy. Oh, great he was guy. A great guy. Yeah. yeah. You worked Al for, brought him out. Al brought him out. Yeah. I remember when 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 the kids started to come around. He worked for, remember, he worked for Sandy Lion Deckle Company. And he'd bring all those deckles every year. And the kids would have these deckles slapped everywhere, all, all over the trees and the sidewalk. And, you know, it was, it was interesting. But he was, he was in, in my, my opinion, he, he had maybe the best single Dom Day ever when he, when he hit. I think he had 10 home runs that one year. And there may, maybe somebody surpassed it over the years. But, and he was an outstanding fielder. Like he was a center fielder. He was, he was a great player. So, Mino, no, no luck to date on winning a championship as, as a Slammers coach. Um, so I guess the question I guess I have on that is, who are some of the key figures in Slammers history? Who are the guys you had to draft? That way the rest of us know to avoid them. Well, I, I drafted. Like, the first year was a good team. Like I said, I had, I had Billy, um, had Mitch, and I had guys like Hawk. You always want to draft a couple of your, your buddies. So Hawk was on my team, I think, the first year, maybe Jonesy. And in the second year, I think the draft was up at that dump where Bobby and and uh, and Al lived up at Panorama. So we go up there for the draft, and that back in the day we had trades, right? Like I don't a know, lot of, a lot of them, always a lot, a lot of them, right? Like I don't know when the last trade took place in Dom Day, but it was a big deal back. Who keeps flushing so. the toilet? It sounds like somebody's flushing. Yeah, who's the got toilet? their washing machine running? Yeah, fuck it, guys. Jesus, Turn the laundry washing machine yeah. off. Anyhow, sorry. So, <laughs> good, good, good news there. So that was that was the year that I made the big trade, um, and it backfired. It blew up on my face. I traded, I think it was Lil, Pete, and somebody for Davy Burnett, Donnie, and Buff. There we have it. We know the Beasleys went over the first few years, so I'm starting to put some things <laughs> things together here. <laughs> Donnie, you got anything to say for yourself? Changed my changed my life, Justin. <laughs> changed my life. Was, and I thank men every day for it. Yeah. How'd we do, men? We uh, I think we actually did okay. We were three and two or something like that. We made the playoffs, um, but we didn't go to the final that year. But uh, anyway, so that, but it was funny because like, I don't know when the last time anybody actually made a trade, but we had like, Mary had an hour after the draft. So the last guy was drafted and then you had one hour to make a trade and all the trades had to be registered. And every year, probably between about 1981 to 91, there were trades. Like there was some guy got dealt, right? Yeah. And everybody stayed, everybody stayed at the draft you know, waiting for the trades, right? Because everybody's going back and forth, back and forth or whatever. And that's one thing that I, I'm, I'm really foggy on is where the drafts all were. Like you just mentioned the one at Panorama. And I, I, I can't remember that one. I mean, because I lived, remember, I lived there with uh, Al. And, uh, and then I moved out and Woodsy, Woodsy was my substitute roommate. Woodsy came yeah. in to, to live, uh, take my place. Cause I was on the road with O'Toole's doing that tour all over Ontario and stuff. So, but I, I don't remember a draft there and I, you know, I know that we ended up at the heritage a lot at some point we ended up there. Um, 
I remember when we had it. Remember when Bobby was a part owner of that that bar, Markland, Bur- Markland Pub. Yeah, <laughs> on Burmthorpe, we had one there, one or two maybe. Yeah. Uh, we also had a, the best, probably one of the best drafts ever was that in the. We were in a basement somewhere. Maybe that was Bobby's place. I don't think it was though. Yeah. But uh, when Guy Guy was a rookie, uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we had a it was a shit show that night. I mean, it was a Guy really Schwinard? good. Yeah. Yeah. Guy and R came in, and that was that was a point where you know somebody you know Futz was saying, "Oh man, this guy's a really good ball player," and you know this the whatever. And somehow it got to the point was okay. Well, why don't we give him a fucking blindfold and we'll put a we'll put a bell on the ball and we'll throw it into him, make him bet bat bat left or wrong handed. You know, he liked his booze too. Oh yeah, it was it was it, it changed his career. You know, it uh, it was the death of him, to be honest. Just... Well, for the guys who don't know who Guy is, this guy was a buddy of Futes. And he was, this guy was probably 5'10", 255 pounds of solid muscle. He still is. And, and so, and we didn't know much about this guy. I don't think he came out to rookie day and he gets drafted. And the first five times he's up to bat, he's natural, uh, he's a left-handed batter. He hits a home run, right? And just absolutely crushes the ball. So there was a lot of, of complaining, a lot of bitching, a lot of moaning and because, made the guy bat from the right side. That was like mid tournament. This guy can't bat his natural way anymore. We didn't have a good scouting report on him. So he had the bat from the right side. First pitch from the right side, home run. He was an incredible athlete, this guy. I mean, didn't he get taken like late in the draft? He wasn't even going to be playing and Fute snuck him in at the end because somebody backed out. And that's why they said, oh, we'll have him hit ninth. And then he started pounding him out. And that's when we made him. We we had to make a a rule middle of the tournament that this guy. And then somebody said, well, maybe he can only bat with one hand. (laughs) Anyways, it got. (laughs) But there was nothing you could do to stop him. I mean, oh, he was no. just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, it was another one of those, uh, just like the hotel scammed us in 83. By Wasn't off. a scam. We'll get to that later. <clears throat> yeah, we, we, we've yeah. got, I think, six or seven episodes yeah. uh, put aside for the, yeah, there was the a, Hotel 19 a, upcoming. Yeah, because they been scammed num- many times. There's been a yeah. number of scams over the years. I hope we get to all of them because oh, we got, we got, we got the all the time and most of them. All the yeah, time in the world, Donnie. We can cover everything. So, okay, guys, I'm going to switch gears here. Because we said we were going to bring some jocularity, and I think this story kicks off a little bit of that jocularity. Um, I'm told that a Pittsburgh trip needs to be discussed with Mike Monroe. We're going back to, we're going to say early 70s. Would that be correct, guys? No, no. no. This no. would have been this would have been 87, 88. Okay. I, right. I know. Chime ch- in, in here because you you were you were part of this this crew. Yeah. So it it was yeah it was late '80s right and so, um, you know I remember that because uh, I I I was officially divorced at that time and, uh, and was that was that three months after or six Donnie <laughs> so that was that was one month after <laughs> yes, sir. So, um, but yeah and so and we we decided to do a road trip to um, Pittsburgh and what we were going to do was. Uh, we looked on the uh, and and on the schedules and found a, a good weekend when the when uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins are going to be playing and the Steelers were going to be playing, 
And then we also found on that same weekend where the University of Pittsburgh football team was going to be playing in the afternoon on the Saturday. So we really had three games that we were going to go to. And um, so Min and, and Woodsy were in one car. I don't, did you drive Min or did Woodsy? Or? Oh, Wood, Woodsy, it was Woodsy's blue Supra. Okay. And, oh, and yeah. then you, but you were in, I think you were in Baltimore at that time. I, right? Buffalo. I was in Buffalo. Buffalo. Right. Yeah. So Bobby drove down, Bobby Brandt yeah. drove, drove yeah. down to Buffalo and, uh, and yeah, we left from there. Yeah. So two cars and uh, we're riding down to Pittsburgh on a Friday night. Cause I guess we all worked on the Friday. Right. And uh, so we drive down to Pittsburgh and we, so I guess we probably don't get there till what, 10, 11 o'clock, man, I guess. Yeah, it was late. It was late. Yeah. And we checked into to some uh, exquisite hotel and, uh, and we, you know, we're kind of thirsty at that point, you know, uh, after a long drive and things like that. So we decided to nestle him for one before bed. And, uh, the one turned into a lot. I mean, it was a lot. And, uh, I don't remember much about that night, man. I mean, not because I was drinking, but I just can't, I can't remember details on it other than we were, were we at the hotel bar? Yeah, we were at the hotel bar and, um, and we got into it pretty good. The next day we get up and and Woodsy's wounded bad. Like oh yeah, he can't he can't function. And and no. we wanted to go out and get a uh, go to a bar to watch. It was University of Pittsburgh and Virginia that were yeah. playing. If you remember, there was a guy by the name of Herman Moore, who was the wide receiver for the Virginia Cavaliers. The first year they're ever any good. And then he played for the Eagles, right? Yeah, he played for Detroit. Yeah. Maybe played for the Eagles. But yeah. anyway, so we wanted to get a spot, and and so we go to a bar. It was an Irish pub. In down, downtown Pittsburgh. Downtown Pitt. And there's just the three of us. Woodsy can't make the go at this point. Yeah, he was done. Toast. So, yeah. so Donnie, Donnie had the tickets. He got the tickets from some beer rep. Yeah, and the he, Genesee he Brewing us, Company. He yeah. Said to, yeah, he said to us a couple of times, boys, not only do I have tickets for the game, but I also have tickets for the Igloo Club pregame. And this the was for... Club, Sorry, I man. This was for the, the the game at night, the Penguins game. Yeah, the Penguins game Penguins at night. Game. Right. So the afternoon, we're going to the Irish bar. Then the University of Pittsburgh's playing, you know, and the bar's packed, and we're getting into it, whatever. And there's TVs then, there, so we're yeah, we're we're grinding hard, like like we're going hard, and and our recovery was pretty good because we were pretty banged up on the on the, the Friday night. Except Woodsy Woodsy was a no show for the first few hours. So so he shows up probably around four o'clock or so, and. And we're in good shape by then, Don. Like we're pretty lubricated. Oh yeah. Got a few hours to go until the game. (laughs) And then somehow, and I don't remember how this happened, we made the decision that we're gonna go all Ranger gear. Remember that? Yeah, Yeah, we 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 for whatever reason, we're gonna we're gonna like we didn't give a shit about the New York. We stopped on the way, stopped stopped on the way, and we got Ranger gear at some sports shop. We got hats, we got shirts, (laughs) and 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 we're liquored at this point, right? So, so we get to uh, the rink, and we're going into this igloo club, and it's like the, the hot stove lounge, right, of Pittsburgh. There's guys in there with sport jackets on. <laughs> ladies are all dressed up, and then there's us. We come in there. We got <laughs> Ranger gear on, and we've probably had, I don't know, a dozen to fifteen beer each by this point in time, and it just, it just got a little bit messy. Bobby decides at one point he's going to start the Go Rangers Go chant. 
right? We're in the igloo room and all these people, everybody there is looking at us, right? Like who are these assholes with the Ranger stuff on? So he starts into this go Rangers go and we kind of chime in a little bit. And I think one of the, uh, the security personnel came over and said to Donnie, we might have to ask you and your party to leave. So anyway, you did take it from there, Don, because there's a few. Yeah. Other- so at, at, at the Igloo Club, I just remember, you know, beautiful place, a pretty nice, you know, and, and we're meeting all these people and we're giving them the spiel, you know, 10 men corporation, you know, we're here for a road trip and we're, you know, we, we love New York. We get into the seats. So we're finally, you know, we get out of the Igloo Club and we get into the seats, which are down in sort of the, the right end zone corner, maybe, maybe 15 rows off the ice, right? I got them from the Genesee Brewing Company. And so there's the four of us sitting there and it's right where the penguins walk out on the ice. Right. And then exit after the, and so I think Minnow at the, at the end of the first period, and maybe, maybe you recall better than me, but he, what was his name? Brown, Ron, Rob Brown. Brown. Yeah. Ron Brown was on the penguins. He's Rob, coming up. Rob Brown. Rob Brown. Yeah. And go ahead, men. What, what was your well, flavor? flavor well, on? again, you gotta you gotta picture this. So there's these four idiots sitting in a bunch of in in a row with penguins fans everywhere, right? With penguins jerseys on, penguins hats. And every time like Ron Dugay was playing for the Rangers, or every time Dugay touched the puck, it was Doogie, Doogie, like you know, all this shit, right? And people were not happy. They were not happy with us at all. Imagine so that. it was a bit of a dust up towards the end of the first period between Rob Brown and somebody on the Rangers. And he's walking off. And I guess for whatever reason, I got up and I said, hey, Brown, you're an effing. It was it was the animal was on Lil's chest on your, your other podcast. Yeah. So I yelled at him. <laughs> and that was that didn't go over all that well. With this no. So, you know, they they came to us and said, look, you know, you got to keep it down, keep it down. We're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So we went back up to the Igloo Club. So we're in the Igloo Club, you know, and, it, and it's free beverages right in there. Right. And we're, you know, we're hanging. And then I noticed like, like Bobby actually was standing against the column and we were moving around the Igloo club and Bobby was just standing there against this column, like motionless. Right. And, and we're moving around and moving around. And then, and then Woodsy and I, Minnow left. And I think he was going to the bathroom or something. We went to, so then Woodsy and I were like, and Bobby was gone. Right. And so Woodsy and I are like, oh, let's go back to the seats. So we go back to the seats and we sit down, whatever. And it's just two of us now. And then we look like six sections down and Minnow's going down the steps, like, you know, looking, looking both sides, you know, like, and Woodsy and I are like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And we, we left them. We didn't go get them, you know, and, uh, and then, uh, so I don't know where he went. We don't know where he went. Right. And then, uh, and then, and same thing with Bobby, Bobby's gone. So Woodsy and I finished the game. Right. And, and then the game's over. Right. And we go out, we go out outside, outside the, by the igloo out there. And we're, we're heading out. We're like, okay, we're, it's just you and I, Bobby's gone. Men's gone. So Woodsy and I grab a cab. We hail a cab. Right. And we, we jump in the cab and we say, all right, take us to, we wanted to go to the, the riverfront place, whatever it's called, Station Square, Station Square in Pittsburgh. We wanted to go there. So we take a cab to Station Square. So the cab driver, the cab driver 
gets us going and we're going around. I don't know if you've ever been in the igloo, but there's it's it's a round place, obviously. And our, there's a big circle around. So he's driving around, around, around. And then all of a sudden this guy pops out in front of the car and puts his hand out like this, you know, stop, stop, stop. And, and we're like, holy shit, what the hell? And it was men. <laughs> it, was, it was men. <laughs> So, they, you know, the cabbie's cursing at him, whatever. I said, you know, leave it. He's our buddy. Get in. So we get out and we pull Minnow in the cab. Still no sign of Bobby, right? Then we got the ride from the igloo over to Station Square. And Minnow's in the front seat with the cabbie. Woodsy and I are in the back seat. You can just imagine the dialogue, right? Cote, babe, you've seen it before. You can just, I mean, the dialogue between men and the cabbie. I'm not going to get into specifics, but Woodsy and I are in the back seat just dying. Uh, he and I were both big fans of Jimi Hendrix. Let's put it that way. So we had a good conversation <laughs> about, about yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. So we get over to the station square. Still no Bobby, right? We, we pour out of the cab. We go into this bar. It's just rocking this nightclub bar right on the, right on the other side of the water there. And so we're in there for, I don't know, an hour or so. I don't know how long it was. Maybe it was only 10 minutes, but it, and, he, and he, all of a sudden, Bobby comes walking in and he's like stumbling into the place. And literally from his thighs down to his feet was covered in mud, just mud all, all the way down. And I'm like, Bobby, what happened? You know, and, uh, you know, we finally got out of him. He's like, I was looking for you guys and yeah, I, I walked through the river. So he, he apparently came out of the Igloo Club and went down on the side of the hill there. Tried to walk through the what is it, the Monocacy River, River. <laughs> Angahila. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my oh. God! It's amazing he didn't drown. How drunk yeah. he was. Yeah. He just oh. didn't now, hit his head and drowned. We're assuming that at some point he walked out. I don't know, 20, 30 feet, and probably turned around, and then went up to the bridge and came across the bridge. <laughs> but maybe he walked. We never knew. Like maybe he walked all the way across. Like I, I don't know. But he was just covered in mud. And, and, you know, so, you know, again, back to our point where, you know, some of these stories did involve alcohol. Uh, some, you know, most of them didn't. But uh, this was a beauty. But so, the, so the next day, if you remember, Don, so, the, so that was that night. So we get through that night. And next day, we still didn't have tickets for that was a Steelers and a Falcons, right? So the next day, Bobby is just, he's paralyzed. Like he's in the back of, of the car. He can't move. <laughs> Right. And is and is Woodsy back at this Woodsy's point? Back. Yeah. No, Woodsy's, Woodsy's back. Yeah. So for whatever reason, we had a football with us, and we were going to Three River Stadium to buy tickets for the for the game, and we knew we could get them. They were going to be in the end zone or whatever. We were fine. So we get there about noon, or it was even earlier than that. It might even been a, a eleven or so. And one of the gates, remember this? On one of the gates, the Three River Stadium was open. So we went in out on the field and we had a football yeah. tossing the football around in the, in the end zone. And the <laughs> guard comes over and he says, you know, you guys can't be here. And we explained, you know, we're from Canada. Yada, yada. He says, okay, a couple more passes and you got to go. So, so we go out, we get our tickets and we get four, four tickets and we're sitting there and Bobby leaves maybe at the anthem. He has to go to the washroom. Doesn't come out for the entire game. He's gone. He just, he can't, he's in the washroom. He can't move. He's paralyzed. He's had too much to drink and he can't, he doesn't watch any of the games. So he misses an entire football game. And then. <laughs> and, and where was he? Was he in the washroom, in the washroom. for the, yeah. the entire in game? The washroom for the entire football game. He's sitting in a stall. Sitting in a stall. Yeah. He couldn't, he could, he was, he was almost comatose. <laughs> 
anyhow, it was a good game. Uh, was, the, uh, and then game. you drove home. Yeah, yeah. And then we drove home. Yeah, and then we drove home. Who got Just Bobby a- at the end and why? <laughs> good point, babe. But uh, we I, grabbed I, and took him. I remember talking to him the next day. He went to the doctor and they said he had alcohol poisoning. Yeah, he had alcohol poisoning. Yeah. So, you think? He <laughs> was like, you drove him up to Buffalo, I guess, and we rendezvoused in Buffalo. So we had to toss him in the back of Woodsy's car from Buffalo <laughs> to Toronto. He just laid there. He was moaning the whole time. He wanted a ginger ale, right? We're going. Anyway. <laughs> So, so I know you guys, and we're going to talk about one in our next episode about uh, another road trip, but I guess maybe for the, for the guys was uh, road trips kind of a a big part of the culture for you guys, you know, kind of growing up. Yeah. I don't don't know about growing up, but yeah, there was a bunch of them, you know, once we, once we hit our early twenties, I guess guys or whatever, you know, a lot of different things. We, we love sports and everything revolved around that, but yeah. And then there was also some uh, beach trips as well, you know, that we, that we did uh, during March breaks and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, it was fun. You know, we just kept again, you know, we, we obviously we enjoyed the hell out of being with each other and uh, there was certainly no shortage of chuckles and cackles and whatever. I mean, it was just nonstop. I mean, that whole, you know, it's 48 hours of laughter. You know, you're just, you know, it's just unbelievable, you know. And for whatever reason, a lot of guys just didn't have serious girlfriends. So they were, if there's something was going on on a weekend, guys were in and into it, right? Like, so it was, was probably this reason. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, for whatever yeah. reason, right, Kote? <laughs> yeah. Let's re listen to the first five episodes and I think we can kind of put two and two together. Exactly, um, but- so, so, uh, Babe, you would have been playing for the Flames at this point when they went to Pittsburgh. Would that be correct? Yes. Perfect. And I think on our next episode, we're going to get into a time when some of the guys on the phone came down and, and visited you uh, or watched you play, I guess, in, in Buffalo. Um, so a bit of a teaser for the next episode. Um, but guys, I, I think that's all the time we have for this episode. So we're going to leave it there. Um, just before we wrap up, do you guys have any final thoughts? Maybe I'll start with uh, you, babe. No, it's just, you know, when you're on the other side of these stories, when you guys are at the games drinking, it's a different, uh, you have a different view of it. Uh, but when you, you finish and you're on that side, it is pretty funny. Okay, final words over to you. Um, yeah, those were great times. And obviously, you know, I think back on this episode and I think about the Alabama slammers and the hockey and we had such a laugh and that was a tight knit group of guys that, you know, we all attended each other's weddings eventually and everything like that. But, but man, when, when we started putting that booze in the water bottles, the wheels went sideways and we were shit. I don't know if we ever went to the playoffs, but you put booze into a guy and his hostility level went up and there was stick swinging and it was good all around. And then you had Ron Bernal and Crouch was coaches and they were terrible. So it was good. Donnie, final thoughts. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, like with men, like with a lot, a lot of guys, like it, as, as we got older, we spent less and less time together. Right. And so these, these weekends or, or Dom day or whatever it was became like a focus point. And we were, were channeling the energy of three, four, six, nine months into the next meeting so whether it was dom day where you got together with 50 60 or 80 of your closest friends or whether it was one of these weekends where you got together with two three or eight of your friends it was everybody was just 
ready to go. And as I said, just nonstop laughter. There were so many characters on these, on these trips. So just, just uh, so many great memories, you know, and uh, none of them to the point where we did anything totally, totally stupid, but close, you know, so yeah, just, pretty, yeah. pretty just trying to swim home. Sounds okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, men don't tell Pete, but like every decision in Dom day, I'm going to give you the final word. Yeah, I think similar to, to Donnie's uh, comments, I think one of the, the best parts about Dom Day, and, it, and it's very unique and it happened right from the get-go, it, it didn't really matter what you did in your real life, you know, like what status you have, whether you're a professional hockey player, whether you're a postie, whether you didn't work, whether you did whatever, right? You worked on a line somewhere. Um, when it came to the tournament or when it came to having – you know, fun with the boys. And we all became very good friends. Like we all, you know, kind of started out as a bit of a TCI West Humber thing, but you wouldn't have known it after five or, or six years that like who went to what school really, but the hockey was maybe a bit more of a rivalry than, than the baseball was, but just how well we kind of got along. And, and, and to Donnie's point, like, it was just like, you miss the guys. Right. And, and then when you did get a chance to go away and kind of burn off a little, uh, energy it was it was classic there was so many good times like whether it was down in Clarkson and I don't know if you guys have touched on those those stories but there was a lot of fun times down in Clarkson and you know the Lake Placid stories that I'm sure Donnie has it's just uh, you know just a great great bunch of guys and and if it wasn't for Dom Day I don't like we wouldn't have had those friendships right so that's really what I I take from it well guys good show good episode um I think we are going to bring Minnow back for one more episode uh, after this because we do have a very big story. I think Cote is at the center of it, uh, as always. So, as I always say at the end of the show, if you guys would like to ask a question to our panel, be sure to send us a mailbox uh, question at info.domde at gmail.com. Again, that's info.domde at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to like, subscribe, and share our podcast on Spotify. Thank you, guys, and see you next time. Thanks, boys. Thanks, guys.
Gonna see 